One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men Podcast. We are here. We are in the studio. I am Paul Machin. Ben Kelly is with me. I'm from home. We've got Ellen Smith. I'm Bailey Shaw as well, rounding up the dream team. Um, we've got a bunch of things to discuss. I mean, you'll have seen the title. You'll have seen the thumbnail. We're going to have to talk about the front three um, and a whole host of reasons behind it. Uh, of course, uh, we will also... <laughs> I promised myself the final word was going to be the final word, but no, we'll talk a little <laughs> bit more about the Man United game when we, when we kick things off in a minute um, a little bit on Salah's future and obviously looking ahead to Burnley on Thursday as well this week's kickoff question comes from Jith uh, who's one of our club legend members over on the RedmanTV.com um, in our exclusive club legend discord group he says you're allowed to fuse two Liverpool players together to create a new player with all the strengths of both e.g. Salah and Verge fused would have Salah's pace Virgil's strength etc the only downside of this is you would lose the ability to field both players would you use this ability in if so, which players would be fused? Any Dragon Ball Z fans will recognise this as a fusion, it is, it fusion is, technique. Fusion ha. Right, well done. I'm glad two of you got that. It was very, very pleasing to see that you both That was the base comment I was going to make. Fucking Liverpool off for a second straight to Dragon Ball Z. If we, I actually don't know where we are in layout, but it would be wonderful. You got you guys presumably <laughs> next to each other. We, we could probably get like a proper, we could probably get a proper fusion thing working. <laughs> 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 That'd be great. Yeah, we've just lost so much, so many of our audiences. Uh, and like, one of your guests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> if you haven't watched Dragon Ball Z, highly recommend it. Um, ben, you're fusing two Liverpool players together. I thought, I thought there was there was yeah, two options. Yeah, current squad. There was sort of two options. I went down here. I had a conversation with Ross before. The first one would just be to simply take Divock Origi's knees and give them to Virgil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because let's face it, Divock's always fit. Yeah, you know, always. and I'd be I'd be perfectly okay with that. Um, but secondly, like, there's probably something within merging Taki and Shakiri together and and using you know it's it's one less sub and they're both talented players and then mm-hmm. you you get a, if you get a slightly better player out of that although the only sort of drawback to that is that and maybe it says more about Taki Minamino at the moment is that I don't necessarily know exactly what Taki Minamino is good at so I don't know <laughs> I don't I don't know what Shakiri I don't know exactly what Shakiri would gain that he doesn't already have if I fuse those two fitter. together yeah maybe, maybe yeah maybe yeah maybe more availability oh, that's what you I, want out of the players oh, best oh, ability is availability of A. Bailey that's what you said before there you go show, yeah. a bit of word of wisdom go. absolutely um, Errol who are you fusing 
I, I, I kind of got excited by the prospect of this question because I, I originally I just thought like all Liverpool players that, that I can remember seeing in my lifetime, but then I've narrowed down to this current crop. I'm going to go with Thiago and, and Curtis Jones. Simply, simply because, yeah, I just think if we was able to give Thiago's level of world-class ability and directly fuse it with Curtis Jones' youth, I think we've got a baller for at least the next 10 to 15 years, potentially, yeah. on our hands. And he could play all of those midfield roles. He's definitely got a shot on him as well. Uh, and I just think he'd be able to have so much swagger. He'd, he'd run most of our games from midfield at like the age of 20, 21. And I That's just think that outstanding. Would... That is an outstanding answer. You can tell what Dragon Ball Z. You can tell what Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> <laughs> you've just basically made. You've just. It's like um, it's like wishing for youth upon Tiago. You've given him. You've given Tiago Alcantara youth. He's homegrown. Yeah. And yeah. he's half a foot taller. Like yeah. what? Like, yeah. And he's got like, a mad Spanish scouse accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I just think it's great. I think from midfield, especially with a bit more pace as well in him in his legs, I just think we'd have a proper prospect in midfield. Then I think we'd have like yeah, the next great player. That's that's astounding work, right? Go on, Bailey. What have you got? Top that. Uh, I've gone for a different approach. Um, in my head, I'm seeing, do these two people merge and like, their physical forms completely sure. kind of change Why? as well? Because I'd love to see like Shakiri and Matip put together. Just to see like, <laughs> if you've got like a 6'5 beanpole with like the world's biggest calves you've ever seen. Yeah, you'd like, probably end up unfortunately with like a really average 5'10". Like, Charlie Adam yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah that's what you get that's what you get slightly less technical but it would be funny yeah exactly I, I, that's what I want to see you just, want to, just, to, just to lift morale around the church that's all you've done there I'm not doing that to benefit Liverpool's play, playing abilities on the pitch I'm just doing it to make everyone smile when they're yeah. going to train it <laughs> um, I had one and, it, and it, it, it kind of follows a little bit of, of what we've had so far James Milner and Naby Keita, you've just mm. fixed Naby Keita, and it doesn't even matter that technically, like you know, you might be you're either the aging Milner or you're or you're aging Naby Keita. It doesn't matter. You know, you, if I just gave if if Naby Keita could just have the, the resilience of Milner, that's like all I'd even be taking at this point. Just the ability to be fit every single week. And it's yeah. like you know, Milner would happily give that up at this point, wouldn't he? Go, I've had my time, Nabby, and I'll, I'll, I'll pass my. See, I think he would go like that, but really, he would just be like, "I'm just gonna." Sh- I, I, he's thinking it more the other way. He's thinking he's stealing <laughs> yeah, like yeah, all yeah, the, the close control, yeah. the close control, and, and quick acceleration. Yeah. Of Does a player, if we're merging these players, do, do do we have to compromise on age? Like, do we have to? turn their age into something in between Ooh. or can I just choose to be Curtis Jones is it you know for Errols can I just can yeah. you just have or do you have to kind of meet in the middle with, well, with see, see, for, this is ba- Bailey's was much more comical uh, yeah. you know for, for, for a, a pure like a pure mashup would, would be interesting but no whatever you whatever you want it does say that you can you know you're, you're choosing the strengths yes good point so you, so Curtis age, Jones' strength is, is his age. Does I've got to, I've got to ask? Does does this Matip and Shakiri fuse still walk like gangly like Matip? Yeah, or, yeah, like with it's these like, massive thighs. But it's is that so, one of his strengths. It's, it's like something from sport, and he's got his thighs are literally like this big. It's like, like he's, got, he's got the tiniest little stick body, and then like calves like this. Yeah, oh, I love That'd it. Just, you'd want to see it. 
Like like eight, like eight from eight there must be an app that lets us do that somewhere. I, I, I've, got, I've got to get on to that. Yeah, sna- <laughs> it might be the thing that rescues Snapchat from oblivion. This, if you can actually <laughs> properly merge. Somebody yeah. Matthew out there, please. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone wants to, someone, one, one of the wonderfully talented people out there at home wants to do that and send it to us, tweet us out there at Men TV. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, right, yes, we're going to be talking about a little bit about the Man United game. We're going to talk about Salah's future, talking about the front three and talking about Burnley um, after this very, short break where we give you a little bit of a closer look at some of our wonderful gaming inspired LFC merchandise Welcome back. Yes, get involved with all that over on the Red Men TV merch store. Most of which, if you're on YouTube, you can just scroll down underneath the video. There's a little shelf there. You can scroll along uh, and yeah, see what we've got on offer there. Not just the gaming stuff, but loads of brilliant stuff as well. Um, yeah, just to kick us into this, really, um, the Man United game was obviously a bit of a disappointment. Probably both sets of fans are a little bit disappointed in some regards. There's a comment from Ashley Frith uh, live here um, alongside the video, and he just says, The footy used to help with lockdown, now <laughs> it's making it worse. I couldn't agree more with this, yeah. it, like I, 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 I'm. You can draw games with Manchester United in any given situation, any season. It doesn't matter how good you are or how crap you are. You can draw these games, but the fact that it's now four games of disappointment and I, 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 it would be, it feels a stretch to try and glean any enjoyment out of the, you know, any positivity out of the Villa game given the circumstances. So, yeah, I, I it's a, it's our, the only form of escapism we're allowed at this point. Um, and yeah, it's it's letting us, it's really letting us down. This is what it's been like to be an Everton fan the whole time. Just, just, I can't believe like there's, there'll be so many fans maybe watching this and going, for God's sake, they've not won in four. Jeez, cry me a fucking river, yeah. lads. But this is how it's been. This is like this is how it feels after four after four years, like well three years certainly of just playing at the very very top level. And look, don't get me wrong. All the way through last season, like there was on these shows, we were always saying that we've got to enjoy this while we can because we we knew that last last season in particular that was it's never going to happen again. Yeah. Like, or it'd be very very unlikely to ever happen again. You know, in my lifetime, or, you know, just to have a team that good and to get that far into a season having only drawn one game was absolutely ludicrous. And maybe it's only now that we sort of look back on it and you sort of really can reflect on just how fucking insane that was. Yeah, but. You know that doesn't make me not that doesn't make me any less or more happy that this is happening right yeah, now. It's, you know, it's you, like breaking up with someone and yeah. realizing that they was you know like they, they were just super hot and it was a big mistake. You know that you really wish yeah. you'd just taken advantage of that a bit more <laughs> yeah. at the time or, or whatever. No, it is it's tough, isn't it, Errol? Because you know Ben's right and all. That. I don't look. I, I, I'm. I don't want to fall into this trap and I've been psychologically clawing myself out of it over the last 24 hours or so that like it's all over Liverpool's time with the top is done and dusted yada 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 uh, no. it's not 
I can't see that being the case. But it, it, you know, right here and now, I can understand why mentalities will shift towards that because you know we really could do with some power to positivity. It felt like six weeks ago, or maybe slightly more now, but whatever, a month ago, more or more, we turned the corner. You know, we were starting to get fans back into grounds. We were grinding our way out despite the fact that we had loads of injuries and we got some really big wins. And we and we had and then you're heading into Christmas. Liverpool came out of tier three, all that kind of stuff. And now it just you know, Trump loses and everything just feels like, like, was that all a dream? You know, we, we seem to be back into even even bigger, the thick of it. It's made the last four weeks seem like a year in itself. Just yeah. how quick, like the total polar opposites of the emotions that we're probably going through as fans. I think, I think more than anything else, I, I think I, I, I said it la- last time I was on with you, is the fact that we scored those seven goals against Palace, really, we should if we should have just kind of saved ourselves a little bit and spread them over the couple of games that we needed the next couple of weeks. Because I felt like the game against Spurs, we done really well. It looked as if we was headed in the right direction. It was the, it was the two teams competing for the top of the league at the time. They started to falter and fall away after that game. So I thought, yes, we're starting to kind of hopefully now over the Christmas period, which historically for Klopp has been a good time of year, really. We, we qualify for Champions League. Uh, obviously, the knockout, we get Leipzig. There was there was reason for us to be kind of upbeat going into the new year. And then it just fell flat. Uh, a couple of draws uh, and obviously a bad result against Southampton in that mix as well. And I just think it's compiled more with the fact that we it, it was against Man U. Everybody kind of just wanted this game to play. We can we can forget Newcastle's draw. We can forget Southampton's loss if we beat Man U. Like, it'll all be okay if we beat Man U. I think that was the kind of general mentality for a lot of people. Uh, and the fact that it just didn't happen and it was a bit of a dire game, I just think it's made people realise that maybe this period might be lingering around for a little bit longer. So... It's- it's a dangerous game, isn't it, Bailey? You know, like having to put putting so much onto needing that win, and the Man United thing only ever exacerbates that. I mean, the encouraging thing from this is that I think Liverpool certainly there were certainly more positive signs in how Liverpool played in that Man United game. You know, they could quite easily have lost it, but you know, in, in terms of accentuating the positives, I think it's also worth remembering. United have been through a tricky period. City have been through their own tricky period, and it stands to reason that this is just Liverpool's and their emerge at some point out the other side of it yeah that's basically the mentality I've been rocking at the minute is that you know Everton were on a title challenge they lost three or four games in a row now they're pretty much going to go on top of us if they win their next game you say United were nowhere near even top four let alone first about a month ago Um, you say City have had been rough Arsenal were in a relegation battle about a month ago now they're what seventh eighth it's just going to be one of those seasons but the thing for I think for a lot of fans is we've had it so good for like two years now and it's kind of that you don't know what you've got until it's gone mentality that I used to look at any fixture that we had I'd be like oh we've got Spurs coming up sound we'll probably win City coming up it'll be tough but we'll win I've not felt nervous yeah. until now you know going into that United game I felt nervous I've never felt I have felt nervous against United since Klopp came here yeah. and I think that's that unsettling attitude of what we've not had yet with Klopp at least since he's come, you know, since he first came in 2016 and was trying to build his team, this team doesn't get nervy. It doesn't make you feel nervous. And I think that's kind of, we're in uncharted waters here of, you know, yeah. I don't know how to feel. 
the flip side to all of this, and, and my dad keeps saying this to me, and I don't know whether he's just trying to justify things in his head, but he keeps going, well, at least it's all exciting. You know, it's good for the league. It's good for the... <laughs> and, I, and I keep going, yeah, I think I'd still rather be 20 points ahead, to be honest. Oh, yeah. But I think, you know, when if you if you want to look at it that way, you know, it's right in a way. You know, you, it, we've, won the, we've won the league the way we won it last season. We ran away with it. You know, a, a different type of way of winning a league is to go in a dogged title race that, you know, that lasts long periods of the season, you know, that Manchester City season where we were toe to toe with them, you know, you you did a really good bit on one of the podcasts about the fact that that became a title race so much earlier than it should have been. You yeah. know, you get into February and suddenly every single point matters. We go and yeah. we and again that's the type of mentality that we've got ourselves into now. If you go back ten years, you know. Teams would drop points like this all the time. You might go on a bit of a spell. I remember 08-09, Liverpool went through a spell, Chelsea went through a spell, and towards the end of the season, you know, we went away and won at Old Trafford. United then went and lost at Fulham. Every team who's going to go in the title race goes through a spell where they drop points. Yeah. City had theirs at the beginning of the season. Now, whether or not they have another one, I don't know, as we go into European football, but like this is normal for a normal title race. It's just that Liverpool haven't been in many title races mm-hmm. over the last 10 years, so it's something, this now, the tightness of it all, yeah. it's different because there's so many teams, but this is a new experience for us. Yeah, and, and I, think we've, look, I think we've done our own heads in, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. You know, I, was writing the, I was writing this year's book as I kind of go along, and I, I was like... This title's done. We beat, we beat Spurs, and I was like, I think that's it. Then we won't. And I was like, if we go and get a good result against Palace, yeah. then I think no, I, I think that's I, it. I expect us to kick on. And I was just, you know, we're getting players back. Everything's looking up, and I, I, I sold myself the dream. And that's my own stupid fault in some regards because I've gotten carried away. You know, I, I've gone against my own point of this of like, don't get too, don't think too far ahead because we did. We having these conversations this time last year. We weren't talking about like, oh, isn't it going to be great when we win the league? We started to turn talk to in and winning a quadruple and all that absolute fucking noise that just, you know, that ends up, you, you, again, we led to ourselves into a path of disappointment when we should have been absolutely made up with it. In some regards, actually going into lockdown and then nearly having it taken away to get it, it helped yeah. us because by the time we came back, the focus was solely on just getting the title over the line. But, you know, we have, we've made it, we've made it very hard for ourselves. The, the thing I would suggest on this, Errol, you know, it's, it's hard to know this. It's impossible to know this right now because Liverpool are just in a run of bad form is the final third of the season is going to be the most telling third because everything was up and down in the first third when there was there was limited pre-seasons and everyone was just kind of getting themselves up to speed the final third is where we're going to see what everyone's got left in the tank and yeah. so right now the game is to is to stay in contention it's to be in touching distance because I I can't help but feel that there's going to be a just a glut of teams just basically collapsing in a big heap when we come to the final running well I'm open so I mean right at this moment in time I don't as you were saying then don't want to sell yourself that dream (laughs) that will be there but more than anything else I genuinely believe we've still got the obviously got the calibre of players to be able to to be in with the shell come the back end of the season I just think the sooner we can start getting the results back in our favour and, you know, getting the three points back on the board, I think we just need to forget about the noise and everybody else around us at the minute and just focus on what we do well. Um, I think we've been really good at controlling games a lot lately. As I know we're going to go on to in a minute, it's just that potency up front. Uh, Something's dipped. I can't quite put my finger on it. I've got a few theories in mind, but at the same time, towards the back end of the season, for me, is going to be crucial just in, in, in respect of... There's the European games um, towards 
in the summer. And I think that's going to be a huge thing because those teams that don't believe that they're in with the shout, I think some of their players will go in with that mentality. Well, I'm going to save myself. I need to save my body. I don't want to be injured. I don't want to be fit. Whereas if our players are within touching distance, I just want the league to be the only thing they focus on. Forget the Euros. Just concentrate on getting those last games over the line. Yeah, definitely. We'll pick up on the on the front three stuff in a, in a minute. But Bailey, there's a comment here from Eddie Bond, and he just says, "Only 18 games in, lads." And 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 that's that's the telling thing about all this. You know, Liverpool are just the talk of the town at the moment. That's the thing that's getting me down. Is that life's a bit crap. The escapism's not working with Liverpool. But in addition to that, everyone else who are normal, a lot of people I really dislike who de- who actually dislike Liverpool are like pigs in shit at the minute, uh, which is definitely exacerbating this. But we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. There is a there is a damn sight more football and a hell of a lot more twists and turns to come between now and uh, now and May. Yeah, those people that that are you know season write offs, you know, <clears throat> basically think we can't function without Gomez and Van Dijk, and you know. We need that structure that we've become so used to in the last three years back to in order to win games. Whereas I'm so the other way in that we're such a versatile team and the way that we've moulded our style of play from, you know, Gagan press to a half press through the midfield to a fullback game. We are a team that know how to adapt and change. We've been had a legs cut from under us with uh, with the injuries that we've got. I For, for me personally, I was, whilst I feel that the, the final third of the season is going to be important for everyone, this next, you know, end of January into February, personally, I think is going to be our most trying times. You know, the, the fixture list and the runner games we've got, if we can't get ourselves into gear, and you know, really put a, put a marker down to say, you know, this is just a purple patch, we're, we're here to stay. This is where I think, you know, it hangs, kind of hangs in the balance and the players are going to know this. And like I say, I think we've just, we've just kind of got to be patient and understand that we've had it so good that, you kind of got to expect in the fourth season of pretty much the same forwards that things may be tiresome. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I want to feel that fear factor again. I yeah. think that's what's that's what's missing. I feel like a lot of teams at the minute where they used to know last season, where whatever it was, was seventy odd minutes in, it might have been nil nil or it might have been one one. They knew we was going to score that next goal. It's that fear factor at the minute. I think is, is missing. And if we can mm. get that back in the next couple of weeks, I think we will still be in. What's interesting for me is I think teams are are still scared of us, and that's kind of our detriment because how many games, how many teams have yeah, come across? Nobody's going to go toe to toe to toe with no, us. They're no, they're just sitting, and with the, the fact that we we haven't got the midfield to really negate a low block, our, our fullbacks aren't particularly at their peak at the minute. So, what was already a really hard, a really common tactic opposition would use against us with a low block has become even harder because we don't have, you know, the personnel to deal with it. And it's just, you turn up against United, who were favourites for that game, should have gone for it, sat back, don't care, we'll play you on the counter. Same as Spurs, same as Southampton. It's just, it's just, that's you kind of have to get used to that one. You're not scoring, it seems so much worse. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree with, with all of that, and that's the the kind of issue that we're, we're faced with. Um, let's let's get into some. Before we do, I just want to point out. Obviously, we've got a couple of super chats coming from Trig Josh. We'll get through to people's super chats at the end. So, if you want to get any uh, more random stuff you want us to discuss at the back end of the show, then by all means, get them in. I will catch up with them um, later on. But um, I was desperately, <laughs> I was desperately trying to Google for 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 another wonderful pop culture reference, and I just felt, and I, and I'm sadly I haven't got the name of the Pokemon. But at the minute, those crap Pokemon that you 
start with that don't have any offensive weapons and turn into Caterpie. Yeah, that's how you basically beat Liverpool at the moment is just be super defensive and wait for us to blow ourselves out. Is it a out. weevil? <laughs> Why not? Uh, it's not. <laughs> oh, on, close enough. Um, right, Salad. Um, Mohamed Salah. Just briefly before we talk. Actually, before we talk into it, because I think it's. I think it's a worthwhile point. Uh, Salah's spoken about his future again, and he said, "If you ask, uh, I say I want to stay here as long as I can." But as I've said before, it's in the hands of the club. I'll always give 100% to the last minute. I am in this club and I want to win as many trophies as I can. And I want to give 100% to the people who show me love all the time. Um, this is I a perfect example. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, this is a, 110% from you. This is a perfect example of if you, if you speak, it gets misread. And if you shut up, people think there's a problem. Then if you speak again, it looks like, oh, you're trying to mm. overcompensate. Because... That's all fine. It's like the, the, it's a it's a bit of a um, uh, it's like a it's a thing from t- uh, TV sitcoms where someone phones up and leaves an antiphone message and it's not quite right, so they try again. Yeah, and, they, and every just, time yeah, they say yeah. something just slightly wrong, and they're like, oh. and this is like that's perfect. That's everything Salah yeah. should say, apart from the bit where he says. It's in the hands of the club, which oh. is like, oh, so that he's basically throwing he's throwing shade at Liverpool there, saying that Liverpool need to sort his future out, blah, 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 blah. He, he just needs to shut the fuck up and score some goals because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not into this, like, Salah's crap thing all of a sudden. He's not scored in the last four. He was scoring every week prior to yeah, that. Oh, yeah, he, he was yeah, top yeah. goal scorer in the and league prior yeah, to this poor run. He's been through goal droughts like this before, even longer than this before. I mean, you know, the back end of the season when we go to Madrid, that was all they were talking about for from like March to May. You know, the, the fact that he hadn't scored in all this time, and then he gets the goal at Chelsea and Southampton, and everything's rosy again. So that's all. That's all we're waiting for here. You know, and Burnley might be the games to do it. I'd love him to do it again against Tottenham next week. He, he just needs a couple of goals, and suddenly all this talk goes away in terms of the future stuff. I mean. He's asked a question and he answers, you know, and and there's and when you're asked a direct question about your future as a player, I, I mean, first of all, I imagine there's, a, there's an extensive amount of media training and you're told what to say in that situation. Yeah. But also, you know, it's not exactly a question you can completely dodge. You can't just not... If you're asked tell us about your future. You can't just start talking about the game against Man United. And so, you know, you've got to give something. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think what he said here is, is standard you know, stuff. I mean, we've heard it from Suarez, we've heard it from Coutinho. Doesn't mean he's going, but I think I think it was Bailey. He made a really good point on the Reds News Roundup before. Obviously, that's coming out on the website today. He, every it, it, he's more valuable if he looks happy. If 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 he if he says if he comes out and says he wants to leave, that's a, that's a big detriment to the club. You know, yeah. if if at some point in the summer we are looking to sell or in the next twelve months, you're gonna get twenty million less because yeah. clubs are gonna come in and go. Well, he doesn't want to be there, so um, why should we give you more? Yeah, and even expanding the happiness thing, I saw someone saying, "I just want to see Salah smile again." It's like he was laughing his head off at times during that Man United match, yeah. like you know. And and I do wonder sometimes when people are looking for problems, Bailey. Like there's, there's someone sat there and they go, "Ah, Salah, he, just, he doesn't look happy." And it's like you can imagine watching the telly, Salah misses a, sh- a chance, and the person goes and looks down at the phone, and then on the screen you've got Salah like. Belly laughing, like you know, patting Sadio Mane and, and Firmino on the back and having a good time, and then like he cuts away and looks up, and then like you know, he just goes, Oh, and goes, oh god, look at him, absolutely disgrace, disgraceful body language. It, the Salah thing, I, I, I do, I, I can't help but feel that there's just we're maybe making a bit much out of it. But the problem, of course, is we've got three forwards who aren't in form. Mm-hmm. It's and I and you, you could literally, you know, if you, you could dissect the fan base, I think, in three. 
and it's the people who think it's Mane's fault, the people who think it's Firmino's fault, and the people who think it's Salah's fault, and you'll find an equal amount of voices, pretty much, who think they're the chief culprit behind all this. Yeah, it's a bit like, it's sort of the same story when people were like, why does Salah and Mane never celebrate together? They must hate each other. And then you read Robertson's book, and Robertson's like, they're literally best mates. Like, in the changing rooms and after the game, they laugh about the fact that they don't take as much chances as they do. Yeah, And you're right, you can't, single out individuals obviously we'll go on to talk yeah, about on Carragher. your point sorry Bailey I, the person who's threatened to threatened to knock me out more than anyone on this on this earth is Chris Pajak and vice versa because you do yeah. you know what I mean it's like you do your friends exactly you, they're, they're intense oh and I've just remembered the, uh, the, the Pokemon you're thinking of was Metapod Yes. That's really um, <laughs> oh, what, a <laughs> what a random thing what a random time for that to arrive in your head yeah um, but I was yeah. going to say, um, they're intensely, intensely professional footballers and they're trying to play, they're in their peak and they're trying to perform at their peak. And I think what you've got at the minute is three guys who are realising they're playing a bit shit and they're really trying to push themselves individually to get a goal, to you know try and break this hoodoo that they've got around themselves at the minute. And you know when one of them off, the other two guys, they kind of play them back into form a bit. They feed them the ball, maybe give them a penalty. But because none of them are scoring, you're seeing somebody like Bobby Firmino, who has a clear option to play in Robertson, have a shot for himself because all he's thinking is, I need to find this goal. And it's happening across the three of them. And it's again, it's not something we tend to see before because they are quite a selfless bunch. You know, they all share the goals. At the minute, like I say, they're just. I think the media are focusing particularly on Salah because he's probably the most likely to leave. You know, he's, he's the guy that Madrid have touted, Barca have touted, have, you know. 29 years old, we need a 30-40 goal a season striker in the, in the Spanish league. And then you've got the stuff with Genie Wijnaldum coming out and it's like, oh, is it all... It's a good time for the media to basically take Liverpool's bad form and blow it into a... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Million. No, I said it before, they're like pigs and shit. I did, I did, I did Real Ferdinand's podcast yesterday, and he was like to me, Is Klopp cracking? Is Klopp losing it? I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I get no I get no sense of that. It's just that people are desperate for it to be true. So they're jumping on the, the stuff that people the, the people let roll off them when Liverpool are winning. is like everyone's looking at all for like these cracks, these flaws, this sign that Liverpool are about to turn shit all of a sudden. Um, 
And I, I, I get it. You know, again, it's just it's it's whatever narrative you're choosing to look at. For me, it feels a little bit premature to kind of go down this path, to go down that kind of pathway. Yeah, we've definitely not fell off com- completely. I think even from the team standard, I don't think the overall team standard has dropped that much in the last couple of games. It has just been that clinical edge that obviously we've all just explained. I think there's, as what Bailey was saying there, usually when one of the front three is in a bit of a rut of shift form, the other two just come through and kind of carry the other one through for a couple of games. And then, you know, it's flipped in a traverse. Before it was before everyone's talking about Salah, it was Mane just be coming up until Christmas. He hadn't scored in how many games? Five, mm-hmm. six games he hadn't scored. And everyone was kind of questioning what's the matter with Mane as an individual thing. I just think it's be bad time and that off. And to be fair, it's the first time since we've had that front three that all from that all three of them have been in a bad rut of form yeah. in the yeah. same space of time. So I think that's a that's a bit of a rarity in itself. Can I can I just present something here, another angle to this? I don't necessarily think that other than the goal scoring, Manny is in a bad run of form. I've got I, oh, I, I won't don't. lie. I think I think creatively and in terms of looking dangerous, Mane still looks the same as he often does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he gets the ball, particularly in the Southampton game, we didn't create too much in front of goal. But Mane at the moment out of the Manny three Robert of us, with the standout yeah, players. Manny at the moment out of the three of them, when when he gets the ball that you feel like something might happen. Now, the problem that I've got is that always used to be Firmino and, and for, for a long time, like last season and in the run-up to Madrid and all of that, like even if Firmino wasn't scoring, he was the first name on the team sheet because he was adding so much more to the team. At the moment, I don't feel like I'm getting that from Firmino either. Yeah. And, and, and out of the three of them, I think Firmino's the weakest right now. Yeah. I think Salah at any point, I think no matter you know, whether you're in a heart, you know, whether you're in a poor run of form or not, Salah, you know, more often than not, will bury a half chance. I'm thinking of the goal away at Everton this season, it just drops yeah. to him and in and it goes. But Manny at the moment, I'm not sure it's fair to put him in the same category as the other two. I know we, they won't be comparing with each other, but I feel like at the moment, Mane and Man United, he always looks the brightest, he always looks the most dangerous. And I, and I feel like to say that Manny's in a poor run of form just because he's not scoring goals, I feel like with Manny at the moment, there's a lot more to his game than that. I think true enough. I think the problem is with that is that you, it's it, up front form is goal scoring. To some yeah. to some extent, and what and where we where, where if Salah's not scoring and Firmino's not scoring, need Mane needs to score, yeah. and Mane's yeah. not scoring. Mane's got about six in seventeen in the league so far this season, which mm. is not great. I mean, that's 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 nearly that's going to put him on. You know, if you extrapolate that, that's like twelve goals in in the season, which would be a a, a massive drop off in terms of him. The thing for me in in this is because I do think that I don't I, I think Firmino's struggling a bit. His touch looks a little bit off. I think he'd been improved a couple of weeks ago. He seemed to be back back to his best. I think Salah, in terms of his all-round gameplay, up until the last four or five games, is as good an all-round performance as I've seen from Salah in a season so far. I think he's been absolutely outstanding. But what you, when you're in a tough rut like that, it's this is why the, the problem for me is it's wider than just going, three lads need to be in form. That would help immensely. You know, If they could just go and win games single-handedly, that would help us definitely. But there's times when they're struggling, you need to just stick one on a play for them. Now, who's the guys who's sticking on a play for them? Trent Alexander-Arnold, shocking form this season. Uh, Robertson's been great this season, but he, 
I think he was starting to see a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a tail off. You know, yeah. a couple of times he's gotten into dangerous positions and just fluffed but is that, the, fluffed is that the coming down to the fact that you can't commit your fullbacks as high because you've got two maybe, midfielders maybe, playing at centre back? Maybe, maybe, maybe absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. You're right, and I think that, again you can work your way back down the pitch. But then let's before we jump to the defence, that's your two creative wide people. The guy who yeah. get the most assists in our side are the fullbacks normally, and then it, behind that in the midfield, the midfield's been all over the place. Like in terms of what we've what we've done, they've either it's either been three lads playing every game, so there's been a drop off in terms of energy levels and what have you. Or right now we're in a situation where we're effectively building a brand new midfield in the middle of the season, which again is all a knock on impact of the defence. So it, it it is a contributing factor. It would just be made a load easier, um, Edel, by like let's just say Trent for example, because the, the the crossing thing's been a bit of a criticism. You know when it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But Trent's got the ability; he's that good. He can stick one. It's not about how big the opposition defenders are when you play the right cross we just he just hasn't had those textbook Trent Alexander-Arnold perfect moments where Mane just is just between two defenders and nod, and nods it in those kind of things no I, I agree I think it's hard because for Funder likes a Trent as well I think that balance in terms of the chemistry with him and Salah hasn't been what it probably was maybe five six seven weeks ago I think in terms of psychologically I think probably Trent takes it like probably the way Steven Gerrard did, he has the whole world of Liverpool on his shoulders. So he's the first to feel when the results aren't going our way. He's probably taking it overly personal and it's probably affecting his game a little bit. But you know what? He's a human and he's not a robot. He can't just be switched on to be like perform at optimum level 100 every single time. And I, I think from us, it's more of a, how can we find a way of getting a little bit more out of midfield to offer the front three something and then obviously taking away from those fullbacks, giving them a little bit more space on the pitch. Because I think at the minute, they just not getting the opportunity or the time really to be able to play in those balls that they used to. And I think what Ben was saying before about obviously not getting as high up the pitch is probably playing into it because they are playing with two centre mids in defence as well. Yeah, I think a couple of boosts that we could do with here is, as I, as I say, the centre back issue. You know, we've 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 talked about that all we like, but I think I think something about Jota at this point would be quite nice yeah. to know where he's up mm. to, and maybe that's something that will be asked. Maybe there'll be a bit more pressure put on Klopp this week to talk about that after the performance on Sunday. Yeah, because we've had a few weeks now where we've not scored, and I can see there being a narrative in a press conference saying, look, you know, this is the si- this this is the situation with the front three. Jota was in great form. Do, do we know where he's up to? Once we know that bit of information and if we know that he's going to be back within the next few weeks, possibly, I think we'll all start to feel a little bit more yeah. nice about the situation. Yeah, that and also I think the little issue we've got at the moment is when you start the front three and in, in the absence of Jota, where do you go from there? The game's not yeah. going your way and you, you're 20 minutes left in the game and you're searching for a goal and we haven't got the fitness and intensity levels that we've had in previous seasons. The thing that is so, that one of the key defining features of this football team is not, not at the same level that it has been in any of the previous years. And I wonder, look at the Crystal Palace game, it's, it's notable because Mohamed Salah's on the bench and that's not, I don't, I'm not saying bench Salah every game, far from it but I would be benching more often one of Salah, Mane or Firmino so that when you get to 20 minutes left in the game, I want, because they, they do still carry the fear factor, but do they carry a fear factor when you've handled them for 70 minutes and you know they're more knackered than you are? I think that, I think you, you strip away that if it doesn't work straight away whereas you start someone like Minamino or you start someone like Shaqiri and then 
then Salah or Mane are there and then you've survived 70 minutes of like Liverpool trying the best to beat yeah and it's going okay and Sadio Mane walks onto the pitch and you must be thinking mm. you, just, you can't you'd be like shit and you then he's full of energy this, yeah this what, what it stinks of at the minute is just it needs somebody a bit like when Bruno Fernandes first came to United United were like looking around like we're stuck here well, where do we go you need somebody like a Jota to come into the pitch and go, this is how you score a goal. This is the energy. This is the drive. This is. We need somebody to break the mould. I'd like it's more of that for Minimi. You know, to be honest, he's mm. the type of player that I feel like we should be looking to at the moment. I think if all had gone yeah. to plan, that might have been the player he'd become. Probably not. I don't know if his ceiling would ever be as high as Bruno Fernandes, but just that mm. player that you can either bring on or you can start and just offer you something a little bit different because mm. right now, particularly coming from midfield, doesn't feel like we've got enough of that. Thiago's obviously making a difference and there was an interesting comment in there about the fact that the, the, the addition of Thiago in midfield negates the need for Bobby a little bit because when you've got a player who, you know, I did the stats and tactics yesterday and was looking at the amount of dirty work that Thiago does in midfield and obviously Firmino did a lot of that now, if you've got a creative player in Thiago who also does a lot of that, does that then further your case for having more of a traditional number nine in the Firmino role? Yeah. If, you know, if you go out and spend big money on somebody like Haaland in the summer, we're not here to necessarily talk about transfers, but mm-hmm. there's a case to be made for... The next, ev- yeah, next, the next evolution. Next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we, I, well, I, I would say in a week, I think in terms of us getting, uh, obviously, challenging, let's, you know, challenging for the title again and obviously trying to, trying to retain it, I think it is now, now is the time that we need to approach the game differently in terms of how we play and the style of play we go with. If it was me, I wouldn't, I would just play with the two up up top. I think we seen that the other day when, um, when he brought off Firmino and Salah and Mane went into Firmino's position. I think it would be better for us to just have Mane and Salah up top for us for the next couple of games, just as a two, and just building that midfield again, just keep the, the level of control that we have. Have someone like Thiago in the in the middle, kind of pulling the strings. Yeah. And I think we'd be better safe because as you're saying then, Paul, it's, all right, say it's not Salah or Firmino that's, that's on the bench. Whichever one you choose to bring on, 70-odd minutes into the game, they're fresh-legged, ready yeah. to go, and they've got the bit between it. They don't want to be on the bench the next game. They want yeah. one of the other two to replace their spot, so they will come on and try and prove a point. And I just think they know at the moment, no matter how bad things get, this is the front three, and we're always going to be the front three that plays. So yeah. it's, it's up to us to find our way out of it, unless Klopp turns around and says, "I'm going a minute, lads. I'm just going to change it right here, right now." Hey, listen, I, I get it. Like we've we've had total upheaval in the back four, total upheaval in the midfield three. You keep your, keep your best foot front three on the pitch. That makes sense. So you try and have some sort of stability. So at least you can guarantee of what you know works and understandings between players. You've definitely kept your best foot wing backs or foot, you know wing backs full backs and you've got your front three. I get why we've done that, but I do feel as though there's definitely something to what we're saying that mix it up. But like you know we got we got Burnley up next. Stick stick Salah centre forward because we know he we know he can just get a goal. Put Minamino from the left, move Mane back over to the right, and let them see how how they handle something like that. You know, give at the moment we're limited. I don't really want to see Thiago in the six. I want to see Thiago in the eight. I want to see him with a bit more license to go wherever the hell he, he wants to go. Because I do think when we're on on top, and we saw it a bit against United, he was floating around the edge of the eighteen yards. You did a great bit on it in the yeah. uh, for stats and tactics this week this weekend. But it does leave us a it does. 
leave the door open a little bit when you. But when, when you've got DMs somebody, when on. you've got somebody like Wijnaldum, because I think I think that's the point when you're playing Thiago in a six and Wijnaldum in the eight, they're not really playing in the, either the yeah, six yeah. or the eight. They're, they're, they're no. both playing both and they're both covering. But I think it's mad that we're having this conversation on the whole because I think maybe something that we didn't sort of recognise at the time when we lost both uh, centre-backs is I think we all expected the conversation around this to be maybe maybe we'd be having the conversation around God, we're leaking so many goals you know, mm-hmm. and all that maybe what we didn't recognise at the time and maybe what there isn't given enough credit for it's something we don't see it's a bit more invisible is that the, the the way that the whole system has to work, there's so many cogs to the engine, mm-hmm. and as soon as you take out the, the obviously the centre backs in this case, how that affects the midfield and the attack. At the time when we talked about losing Van Dijk and Gomez, I don't feel like we properly discussed this and how how it might affect the rest of the yeah. pitch. And funnily now, you know. We're talking about the front three. We're not talking about the back four. The back four are all right. The back four are keeping clean sheets. But it's the front three. And you can link that back to losing the no, centre-backs. It's, it's the whole thing. We're a team. Sorry, Beryl. We're a team that's built on being a team. So when you have major destabilisation, any part of it, it's going to have a, a knock-on. The thing, that's, for me, Errol, is that Klopp built the title win last season on defence. We were, yeah. we were solid defensive, and I think that's what we're doing now. I think we make, but you know, we are trying to find a way to keep the door shut and trusting the attacking lads to do a little, bit, to, you know, to just add a little bit of sparkle. But when that sparkle's not there, we do look a little bit toothless as a result. Yeah, I, that, literally what I was going to say. I don't think Klopp gets enough credit for how well he's coped with not having his his base in defence, really. And I think, obviously, Alisson was out a little bit. We covered really well. Do you know what I mean? We, we, we dealt with that injury and that absence really well. The, initially, when, when Verge goes out, we've dealt with that really well. Now, Gomez, everything in terms from the defensive side, Klopp's got it right. He's dealt with it really well. And I think it was just that trust in the fact that these from free will carry us through. They've still got the ability. They've not dropped off in anything. I just think at this moment in time now, that idea of there's nobody that's lighting a fire under their asses of any of them. And yeah. that's, the, that's the predicament that we're in. It's the Jota it's the Jota injury in that case that's killed us because I you know I I actually did an article about this before Christmas about the fact that pretty much Errol you're right pretty much everywhere else on the pitch even the kids you can drop in we, we've we've been conditioned to the point now where you can drop in somebody like Nico Williams mm-hmm. we don't really bat an eyelid because he's had the game time in the smaller games and that's something that Klopp's done really well the problem is that we we literally now don't have the strength in numbers at the top of the field to be able to take Firmino out the side for five games and yeah. give him a proper well, rest look at the Jota look at Jota immediate impact at Liverpool maybe maybe this the problem is is when we stopped doing this by the way but he we were getting toward the back end of games what I was saying earlier and you bring Jotter in and you're able to continue doing what you do best with with a fresh lad on who's really hungry and, and, and causing problems without that we are back to just we, we, we shoot our loads at, at whatever point in the game we're done we're done and we haven't got any more to, any more to add to that now, obviously, what you, what you, what we were working towards the situation is that where yeah, Jota might, if Jota starts, it means one of the other lads has got to not start, which means they're able to be the lad that comes in and do, does all that. We're not far off, and I don't want to put this all on all on Jota because we we haven't had Jota prior to this season and we've had no problems. And let's not let's not make no mistakes about this. You know, Liverpool are still the top goal scorers in the Premier League this season. We haven't scored in three games mm. with the top goal scorers in the, in the in the division. We Mo Salah still the top goal scorer in the Premier League so far this season. Season, it says to me that there's not, there aren't massive 
it, it, this feels more like an outlier and something that we will get a handle on in, in coming weeks. My hope is that, as I say, what we're doing at the moment is we're building something that's going to see us through the rest of the season, rather than I think I think we've been fighting fires for 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 a little bit of a little bit of time. There's been lads going to the wall, going to the well one too many times to use some wrestling parlance, um, and we've now got to build something that is sustainable between now and May if we're to have a really good go. And I'm, I'm confident of that being the case. But it started barely, really. Um, Bailey and you know it has never re- it hasn't been a case quite as often uh, or quite as quite as pressing as just fucking win a game of football as this Burnley game genuinely yeah it's just so it hasn't been like that for a long time and it's such a big game and you, the thing is it's so predictable as well you, it's Burnley they're going to do what they do against 19 of the teams in the league sit super deep soak up all the pressure knock long over the top route one Brexit style football like they've always done you know the game plan how are you going to deal with it that's the thing for me is you know you can kind of let them off with somebody like Southampton when they've got such a potent striker in Danny Ings you can completely let them off with United are they going to be a five back a four back they're all over the place Burnley's Burnley and you've got to sit down and think how do we finally get the better of this low block and you hit the nail on the head then and especially in your instant match reaction after the United game is this team is so reliable on consistency. It has been for season after season. That back four is always the same. It was always Fabinho, Genie, Hendo. And then the occasional tweak, if we needed more an attacking output, that front three was always the same. Mm-hmm. Sure you've got like 16 different centre-back partnerships this season. This midfield's completely all over the place. The only thing that hasn't changed is the front three. And for them, albeit they're still playing together, they must be looking behind them every game like... I don't know how to play with this guy. I haven't played with Shakiri in about two years. Yeah, I'd make, It's just like you're right. Go on, Errol. I know I'd make a point in this, but maybe for the players, maybe not so much for the fans, but I think if we the players were to win against Burnley, you know, the next game, I think they might take more confidence than they did after beating Man U, simply because they might think they're probably going to be the hardest team that plays the low block that we'll come across for the rest of the season. If we can get a result against them, we can definitely do it against anybody else that chooses to play that style. And I think that might give them that belief again that we can knock three past them. We can do it against anybody. Just keep doing what we know we need to do. And and we've got the ability. We had a little bit of this when you think about Tottenham. You know, we got through the Tottenham game. And then having beaten Tottenham and broken them down, who were very well structured, very well disciplined, very well organised side, doing it with world class players, Crystal Palace must have felt like an absolute fucking party by com- by comparison. Mm. And, and I, that, that's the that you know, that's the, the interesting thing about the Bay, the Burnley game is a, it's a similar challenge, but but a different challenge, and hopefully not maybe slightly more physical. But you know they certainly haven't got the pace to hit you on the counter in the same way that Man United have or uh, Tottenham had or, or, or yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I agree to an extent. I mean, it would be nice if we go back and 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 put three or four past Burnley on Thursday. But I think the most important thing and the message to the players will be right now is just get back to winning football matches, get back to finding a way to win. That's what Man United are doing at the moment. That you know they're finding ways to win games the Wolves game in particular Man United they're nil-nil they're going to stoppage time they get a deflected goal and and, and, they, and they get they take the three points in that game it's annoying but that's what we were doing last season yeah. you know we go we go away and, and for the season before you're in that title race at City you know the Riga goal is dead funny but how many times does that happen you know the, the Tottenham goal where um, there's a confusion on the line and, and, and it goes in and we win that one you know all of these little games that, that add up over time and it becomes a mentality and right now it's as if you know we 
it's as if we don't feel like we're going to score. We've got to get back. We've got to we've got we've got to just win the game one 0 even if it's one 0 on Thursday. We've got to go out and get try and get a result against Tottenham and just getting back into our habit. And that's why I think actually, and it's interesting. We might talk about this more later in the week, but like I'd go quite strong away at Man United next weekend as well because if you win away at Old Trafford, it doesn't matter whether it's the cup or not. That's going to help you as my, well. My mentality on this is I would almost go identical team. For the Thursday for Burnley yeah. as from Man United mm-hmm. go again because I think the things that we were doing well were, get, were, were okay and, and that consistency thing is a, a very important thing to be honest um, and then see what's left for Man United I'm not asked about Man United I, I wouldn't mind us winning the cup you know we might find that if we're struggling in the league and struggling in the Champions League an FA Cup might just be a nice little thing just to keep us ticking over in the incident but really like if we if we, we'll have to see because if we run ourselves into the ground against Burnley it's a bit of a, non, a non-issue but I I I'm far less asked about the Manx game. It, it feels bigger because of the opposition. I appreciate your point about like mm. the, the we can keep the good vibes kind of rolling, yeah. and we might yet be able might yet be able to do that. Um, it's not like we've got too many options in certain areas of the pitch to rotate, regardless. But we got a couple well, of super I, chats. I don't. I can see sorry, him doing what he did for Crystal well. Palace against Burnley, uh, mm. playing Minamino or something like that, just to rest somebody. Yeah, well, interesting there. Larry um, Sarpong with the Super Chat there saying, uh, Taki played amazing against Palace and hasn't been seen since. Matip uh, Phillips has to start against Burnley. Fabinho, Thiago, Hendo, Mane, Taki, Shaq would be his team. Uh, heavy rotation. See, I, again, it come, comes down to me. I far. like the idea of the, Shaki- of, the, of the Minamino thing and it might well be and I've got no problem because it works so well against Crystal Palace. My feeling is that if we're going to see any mad changes, we'll probably it'll be United on Man Sunday United, and it'll just yeah. be because we've because people need to come out of it. But I don't I don't disagree with the well my 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 only thing about this is the Phillips thing makes sense other than again just consistency. Just keep hand if if just keep Hendo and Fabinho in. If they're gonna be if they're gonna play centre half forwards unless you can tell me Matip's gonna be available for the next three games hmm. guaranteed, which he can't. I just I just keep keep Hendo there. Yeah, potentially I think um I, I wouldn't go that far. I think this is the type of game you earn the right to be able to rotate that heavily in this game and our previous results haven't put us in that position. Yeah. So if we'd gone and beaten West Brom, Newcastle, Southampton, even if we'd drawn at the weekend against Man United, we'd now we'd now be points by a few we'd now be topped by a, a margin of a few points. Mm-hmm. Then you can look ahead to United and go, Well, this is the team I want to play. So I might start Shakiri, I might yeah. start Min- Minamino against Burnley. Unfortunately now we're in a position where this this is a must win. Yeah. You know, this this yeah. really is for me, if we if we go and God forbid lose here. Mm-hmm. This is, that really is the title and real doubt, really, if we're yeah. on the periphery. Yeah. Well, there's, Bailey, there's a, another comment here from Craig Tebbs who said, that, do you think the front three's form is down to us losing Fab and Hendo in the middle for front foot pressing and counter pressing, killing the supply? And that's the point. I think there's two schools of thought here, is you do just persist with what we've seen at Southampton and what we've seen in the Man United game. That's keep Henderson and Fabinho, because at least you know they're, they're, a solid, they're a solid pair. They're not lacking, they're not lacking in any departments. You know, you're not criminally slow or anything like that or lacking in, in overall footballing experience, good passes of the ball. And then you look to just continue to build with a head with a Thiago Wijnaldum led midfield. Or do you go, fuck it, just put uh, put a six a six out of ten footballer in the back four or more, you know, mm. or completely you know, and and get your midfield back to your best front foot midfield. I still fall down on that. I'd still rather see that. Mm. But that that's that's going to be the Sophie's choice kind of thing for Klopp, isn't it? It's for me if, against Burnley. If Nat Phillips, who 
you look at him for what he is, his best attribute is he's a very good ball winner in the air. If he does not get a game against Burnley, a team that will play off of free kicks and corners because they've got fielders and a big striker, and you don't play Nat Phillips against that style of play, that just tells me, and he does play Henderson, that's his plan from the future. Yeah. I think this is a big template yeah. as to how he wants to outset it. And if it's because what we know is he's playing Henderson there because he needs the ball playing ability to be able to find a pass from deep because they are sitting deep uh, and we need that element that Virgil bought, which is fine. I'm absolutely fine with that. But like you say, if he's going to bring that in, it's, that tells me that he's, he's taking it game by game. Then Manchester United, maybe he plays Matip because he doesn't want to lose the game. It's all a bit, again, being patient. I don't think the game plan is is, a, is showing itself right now. Mm-hmm. I think we have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. Um, and just to wrap us up, um, just because obviously we can't answer these questions, but I'm happy for people to speculate away wildly in the comments. That's what they're for. Um, Trig Josh sends a couple of super chats in. Uh, he said, hi, Redmen. If our current first team got Hollywood acting opportunities, what roles do you think each of them would play and why? Uh, he suggests he think Klopp would be Brian Mills from Taken. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I could see Jürgen Klopp being in one of those, like, you know, like... WWE style straight to video action movies where he does play a taken style role, but it's it's yeah. it's a bit you know like sci-fi channel style. It's got some of the it's got some special effects, but they're all a little bit maybe like an informant in a Fast and Furious movie. I think I could see I could see clapping. What do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I, I my mind immediately jumped to James Bond and Virgil just because oh. just. Just, oh, do you know? Yes. Do you know when he went to Monaco and for the for the best awards, and he yeah, showed oh, up yeah. in like the shades and the black shirt, and he's just like walking along, and I'm like, my word, it, it's, <laughs> it's only a black shirt. What are these feelings yeah. that I'm feeling? Christ, I mean, you know, I must say, so yeah, that's what I do. I can just imagine him sat in a casino with his with his martini and his, you know. Girl on his arm. That's that's Virgil. Oh, that is yeah. Virgil, isn't it? I think that's a brilliant one. Um, Adam, any suggestions? And uh, no, I can't really talk that one. I think that was class. That to be honest, mate. Um, <laughs> I can definitely see like Mane as an action hero, though. I, I feel like he's kind of got like mm-hmm. the Expendables about him during a view where you could drop him into an action film with just blockbusters, all these other A-list celebrities, and Mane would just hold his own. I think he'd be class. Yeah. Well, no. Uh, I'm- I am all in on Jurgen Klopp. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the picture of young Jurgen with that massive fat Cuban cigar that he's smoking. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just like quintessential. You could see him in like Miami Heat or like, like Scarface, something just like, he's just a cool guy. How about as Hannibal in the A team or uh, yeah, or Murdoch, like yeah, that. yeah, See, yeah. Oh, yeah, either yeah, oh, he'd be the perfect amalgamation of the both, yeah. And he could that, yes. that, there's an A team character fusion to bring it all back full circle, <laughs> uh, which we make a Jurgen Klopp character yeah, fusion. Huh? Um, right, guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us for the podcast this week. That's been good. I feel loads better now. I've been in a proper funk for a couple of days now. A combination of Liverpool being crap, the world being crap, and Blue Monday on top. <laughs> Uh, but no, so quiet <laughs> after the game, <laughs> mate. Honestly, honestly, um, but yeah, thanks so much to Edel, thanks so much to Bailey, thank you, Ben, very much as well. And for you guys at home, you're wonderful. Uh, do leave a like on this on YouTube, and um, don't forget to leave a five star review on podcasting services. And if you want more from us, we've dropped there, uh, we've name dropped a couple of brilliant shows. The Reds News Roundup show is out on the redmentv.com now, and Ben has brought back his resurrected stats and <laughs> tactics some clips on the social channels if you want to have a little sneak preview of what it looks like but yeah if you want more in-depth analysis if you want to learn stuff and feel comforted by Liverpool's situation then head over 
over to the website, sign up and get some boss content there too. Uh, other than that, we'll be back with another podcast next week. See you there. ta Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.